Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor DJ Lura and semi-always, as semi-always, would that be it? I think you just go with as always. Keep, uh, keep as, it real, man. As always, we are joined by Dana Mashevsky. Don't. Great. Now I'm going to have to be here like every week. No, it's a, it's a it's a running joke now that no matter what, everybody is as always. No, no, we won't tell them how we make the sausage. We'll just do it over and over again. Because Sarah DeYoung ditched us today. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> dead on, dead on. <laughs> yep, Sarah ditched us. So, mm-hmm. uh, but unlike Sarah did to me, I will not be bad mouthing Sarah. <laughs> on this episode of that podcast. Way to take the high road and to put that out there about how great you are. I'm going to let everybody know. <laughs> That's a backhanded slap. Yeah. How do you really feel, Ryan? Are how passive aggressive of you? Are you a little bitter? How much coffee did you drink? Oh, not much. Gallon, maybe. Gallon? Oh, that's, yep. that's fine. So, what's you happening just today? You a bump to get going in the day is pretty much... <laughs> What's yeah. what's the latest? What's happening? What's the haps? That's what all the cool kids say. Is that <laughs> no one said that. Don't they? No. What's the haps? Well, I was saying earlier that um, I've had this earworm in my head. You guys ever had an earworm before? Mm-hmm. That's where you like get a song stuck in your head. Tabitha had a dream one time that she had mealworms in her ear. She woke up terrified. Like She said they were everywhere inside her ear. Mealworms? Yeah, like they're these, I didn't even know what they were. I had to the look it up. They're little... Things you feed to like lizards. Yeah, she really? had like a nightmare that she had them like in her ear. What do they grow into? Uh, I don't like it, I'm guessing it's like a like a like a grub or something, right? Does it yeah. is it it'll grow into an insect or I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch um Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan when you were a kid? A long this time is way ago. Way before your time. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, you I weren't was, you weren't a kid then. I was <laughs> your mom probably life was a kid. By there's a scene in there. It's a famous scene where Chekhov gets one of those I don't know what it is, but it's like an it's it's a little worm thing that Crawls into his ear. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who's... Maybe she fell asleep watching The Wrath of Khan. Maybe. Scarred for life. Yep. Like, like <laughs> anything touches my ears. Uh, yeah. Just the thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. that'll happen. Well, this is not that. This is an earworm. This is this is what they call an earworm. Um, when you get something stuck in your head and you can't get it out. And all morning... I've had the Beastie Boys intergalactic stuck in my head. There's a lot worse you could have stuck in your head. There is. I, I like That's the tune. Great. It's um I have this Spotify mix of like it's like six hours long of basically just like songs I listen to, to to work out to. So you got Eye of the Tiger, right? You got <laughs> You're the Best Around from the Karate Kid. You got uh all these <laughs> these workout songs. Pretty much all of it's is stuff that rocks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I ask my kids, Do you like this music? And when they say they don't, I, I'm like, Well, you like lame music. <laughs> Because all they don't, rocks. they don't get it. They yeah, you listen to their stuff today. Yeah, I'm out on that. Yeah, yeah. and and yesterday I was it one of the songs that was playing. Probably the last song that I heard was before going to bed was Beastie Boys mm-hmm. Intergalactic, and so that's good times stuck in my head, just bopping around to it. So I don't know if I've told this story before, but this is this is a uh, uh, fact. When Eli was a baby, sorry, Eli. 
when Eli was a baby. Do you want to change his name to protect his identity? When, um, no, I, I don't. No, okay. No. Uh, t- at that time, Tabitha worked every other weekend. And he was brand new. Like, she had just gone back to work off of maternity leave. And so I was home with him. And he was screaming, just crying. I couldn't get him to stop. Nothing worked. Changed his diaper, fed him, did all the things you're supposed to do. It's not happening. This kid is screaming. Wow. So, and I don't know any, any lullabies, you know, I don't know any appropriate music. Mm-hmm. So I started, I started singing Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Instant silence. Nice. Just well, it's a it's a thought provoking story that they're sharing with you that you have to you get wrapped up into it. Oh yeah, d- definitely. Yeah. So I I, did I thought the, you were gonna say you started singing Sir Mixlot Swass or no, Sir Mixlot um, Buttermilk Biscuits. No, no, it's from Friends, uh, the Friends show where uh, Ross starts singing to his daughter. Um, baby got back. <laughs> I was thinking the Swass album. That was a different album. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, I, I did that whole thing. And about 45 seconds after I was done, he started screaming again. So I did it again. Uh-huh. Silence. So that went on to be like his lullaby. Like it, Tabitha, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. Like this was before the days of just yeah, bring it up on YouTube and, and hear the song. She had never heard that before. Mm-hmm. And she knew all the words before she heard the song for the first time. <laughs> because it was your... So do you start... I mean, well, here's a little story yep. I got to tell yep. about... Yep. Three bad brothers, you know, you know so, so well. well yeah. Yep. Started way back in history. <laughs> yep. She knew that the whole thing. And me, mighty. Yep. Yeah. It, and it worked. fantastic. Worked every single time without fail. Wow. Yep. Interesting. And sometimes, I wonder so, what that says about. So, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, just to, just for uh, my own my own sake to change things up. I did. Now here's a little story I got to tell. <laughs> change it up a little bit. Do my own little Beastie Boys. When my girls were little, I knew all of the words to the Three Amigos song "My Little Buttercup." I don't know that one. Thankfully, you ever seen the movie The Three Amigos? Yeah. Have you seen the movie Three Amigos? My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. Dear little buttercup. Yeah, so I would sing that song to them, and I'd get them to sing it with me. Yep. Yeah. We had a little act we were working on. It's good times. Never took it on the road. So. Yeah, so you've had that in your head now for 18 hours, or how long has this song been? Intergalactic? Yeah. Well, now my little buttercup is stuck in my head. <laughs> now you've well. moved on. <laughs> Glad it was, it was Paul there. Revere for a moment there, and then <laughs> glad we were here to help you out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I I I um do do uh, a workout usually before I go to bed, and then I'm listening to headphones while I'm doing it. And yeah, that was probably the last song. When I woke up in the morning, that's what was playing, and until I got here, until until this conversation. Very cool. Where you changed the station. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. There we go. Genre and everything. Thank you, Ryan. I'm here for you. You cured my earworm and put a new <laughs> one in there. I don't know if that's better or worse. I don't. I think it might be worse. I'm gonna actually put on Beastie Boys again. Oh, that's that's fun. The the NFL is uh, up and running, right? How mm-hmm. great is that? It's fall. Yeah, it's fall, baby. It is. Stands are full. Mm-hmm. 
teams are playing. None that I can watch. <laughs> really? Well, the Broncos are not in our market. Who are the Broncos? Do they still have a team in Denver? That hurts my feelings. <laughs> hurts my feelings. They may be getting sold. You're kidding. Nope. Nope. Uh, well, there's been some conflict. Pat Bolin was the owner for, okay. for you know, ever. Are you going to throw in a bid? You know, you, you, you went for the general manager job. I did, and I yep, I didn't hear anything back on that for those who have been waiting on pins and needles. It's their loss. Yep. If you look at last season, it's their loss. Well, that's, <laughs> that's <Literally>. a fact. <laughs> so, yep, so the, the Bolin family, now uh, Pat has passed on, and so his, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not there. I don't hang out in the Bolin house, so I, you know, don't want sure. to speculate too much, but it sounds like there might be some conflict there. And oh. so there, there's talk that it's that it's for sale. Okay. And there's two front runners that you would never guess. And Ryan Janke is not one of them. Not at this point, but I've got an idea. But first, okay. we'll we'll go through this. All right. So the first one, uh, I didn't mention him earlier. Jay Z. You're kidding. Is actually Ooh. on the. That's yeah. Really? Jay Z is a big New York guy. I'm surprised he'd he'd want to you know. Own the Denver Broncos. Well, it's one of those deals. It's where, an NFL team. Yeah, well, mean. sure. You know, it's one of those deals where when you've, you know, ah, what's there? It, it sounds like the going rate is $4 billion. $4 billion. Billion dollars. It's more money than Dr. Ooh. Evil has to spend. Wow. Yep. So Jay-Z is. Broncos. Yep. I think it comes with the stadium. That's a lot of scratch. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yep. They <laughs> get the. The stadiums, the stadium in, too. stadiums included. <laughs> Throw that in. Yep. So Jay Z mm-hmm. and does he have four billion dollars? Absolutely. Really? Look at who his wife is. Well, Beyonce, I could see have four billion dollars, but yeah. Jay Z, really? I, Are you? Do you like Jay Z? Do you like? Do you like his music? Uh, in a like a randomly yes, but not like all of them. Like there will be a little like a few hits that I like. Sure. But not like. Not the Beyonce level of, like, she's Beyonce. Like, of course I do. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, okay. So Jay- Jay-Z and Beyonce, they do everything, right? hmm But I got to say, I didn't know who Jay-Z was until he married Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the interwebs, which take it for what it's worth. It's the internet. It never lies. He is, and, mm-hmm. and he and Just Be- ask him. They'll tell you. I don't know. Let me see. Is this his? This is according to Forbes now. He is worth $1.4 billion. Now, I don't know if this is combined wealth with. No. No? No. Guarantee she's worth more than that. Yeah, right. Well, Well, she, She could be. I really have no idea. When you think about like owners of teams, don't they have like hedge fund groups behind them anyway that have raised a bunch of capital to. Probably. To purchase. Like one of the, you know, acquire acquisition of yeah, those teams? Probably. So, uh, no, I think that's combined. I think that's combined net worth. 1. Isn't 4. it sad to be like 1.4 billion? <sighs> it's not enough. not enough. So obviously he'll need to, he'll, he'll, he'll be going down to the bank and getting himself a loan if he wants to purchase. But he's got some competition. Okay. Amazon's own Jeff Bezos. Whoa! Is a front runner. Well, he has about four billion at <laughs> least. I think he has that laying around his house. Yeah, to, yeah. To him, it, it would be like 
like one of us going and buying a new pair of nice shorts. Right. You know? Right. He's just, you know, <laughs> take them like a month, you know, just. Exactly. Yeah. He saves a little bit, puts yeah. it, puts it aside, you know. Right. Yeah. So I've got an idea. Does some budgeting for that month to make sure he's got enough. Yeah. I got, I got an idea and I think I can sell this. You ready for this? No. I don't know how I'll get his number, but I'm going to call up Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> And talk to him. This is this is a great idea. Yeah. Just you know, get him on the horn and say, "Hey, Elon, I got this idea." Yeah. NFL Europe, NFL Mexico, small potatoes. How about NFL the Moon? We'll get a game on the Moon. This could go places, man. This could get legs and run. Hey. Uh... When you shoot for the stars, you at least hit the moon. Hey, Elon, if you're listening, just give me a call. Give me a call. Yeah. That's right. Oh, no. That's Ryan Janky. Yep. At atonementfargo.org. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Rjanky at atonementfargo.org. Email me first. I don't want to give my number out over the over the interwebs. Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> what do you think? NFL, the moon. I the, think. I, three games I this think season. if anyone can pull it off, it's Elon Musk. Yep, he could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's already putting in a taxi. I mean, they just had, he just had the, the SpaceX flight. That's yeah. like the furthest flight since we went to the moon 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So right. it was, and it was people who weren't pilots or, or astronauts. Yeah. Th- so. I mean, this could be, this could be huge. Get a shuttle going yeah. back and forth to oh, the moon. Man. Tailgate on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> I mean, this could happen. Great. Now I have Pink Floyd in my head. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm here for you. But really, Elon, if, if you're listening. I must. I must. Okay. Here's a light bulb. <laughs> what a great idea. It's, it's not like this at all. Hey, uh, we had a, a couple of super fans in here the other night for the first night of confirmation that we're, that we're playing with that. Yeah. I was surprised that he left. I thought he was like, okay, I'm home. This is mm-hmm. where I am. Yeah. This is where I'm going to be. But he... Yep. He, well, he, now that he knows where the room is, he may bring a tent next Wednesday. <laughs> I told him we need to have him on. He's <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. That would be I'm cool. Like, oh, it'll be good. Yeah. I don't want to use like his name, hard. but. You just got to sit there and. Exactly, right? Smile and nod. Yep. Yep. I don't want to use his name, but he knows who he is. So we. It, How do you communicate a smile and a nod over a podcast that's not with video? Obviously, <laughs> with your little red noisemaker. Yeah, oh, okay. I don't. No, I don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. So that's the goings on. The NFL's back. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going into business with Elon well, Musk. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So you know, God See, bless but you, man. If Bezos buys your team, then you could just watch them on Prime. You know, we've been through this already this morning. I know. I explained the whole the whole system to you. I know. I don't want to have so to go back. It would work out for you. You and Homer Simpson. <laughs> like I was saying, I was I, I, I last night I watched the um, greatest Simpsons episode of all time. If if anyone is, watches the Simpsons, you can any show ever in the history of TV or any idea has already been done by the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. But the best one is when Homer and family move to an idyllic town to work for uh, a Mr. Um, I think his name is Frank Scorpio. 
Okay. And he actually is like a Dr. Evil character. He's a nefarious, like James Bond bad guy, but he's a great boss. Mm -hmm. And he ends up taking over the Eastern seaboard. Homer and family move back to Springfield, but he, Homer had told uh, Mr. Scorpio that his dream was to someday own the Dallas Cowboys. And Mr. Scorpio said, they probably laughed at you when you said that, first of all, didn't, didn't they? He's like, yeah, they did. He goes, well, don't give up on your dreams. So at the end, he gets a letter from Mr. Scorpio, and what is on his lawn? But the Denver Broncos, <laughs> to which Marge says, Homer, I think owning the Denver Broncos is a great thing. And mm -hmm. Homer just says, Marge, you don't understand football. So you and Homer Simpson, the dream. Well, so this is a whole nother rabbit trail to go down, and we probably don't have the time. But you know that The Simpsons predicts the future. Absolutely. I mean, this has gone on for a long, long for time. Decades. Yeah. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. this Mr. Scorpio. Yes. Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio. Frank. Yep. Yeah, that was close. Yep. Hank Scorpio uh, is a billionaire mm -hmm. from Europe. Always from Europe, huh? That's what it says here. He's he's a, a European. He uh, later succeeds in taking over the East Coast of the United States, just like you said. Uh, Supervillain seizes East Coast. That that's the episode that you're talking about. Yeah. What if Elon Musk is Hank Scorpio, <laughs> and I'm Homer Simpson, and it's predicted the future again? Well, then you just go, see, the Simpsons did it. Uh, they've done everything. I never say never. Nostradamus, the Simpsons. <laughs> the reason why they predict the future is because they literally have done an episode on everything. Well, that's true. So every possible scenario, they've already done it. Still fresh after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I uh, hope that's true, Ryan. That just, wow. Wouldn't that be something? I hope your big dream for the Denver Broncos yeah, comes together. Except yeah. for he's going to like end up gifting him a different team. Then you get like the Minnesota work. Vikings. Then, <laughs> then, oh. No. <laughs> it's not the Denver Broncos, but it's a start. I, I tell you what, though, if this were to happen, me and Mr. Elway would have a little meet and greet about why I was never even given a rejection letter. You'd keep him on staff, though, wouldn't you? Like, you know, I told you so. I told you so. We'll see what. Elon and I figure out. <laughs> There'll be discussions. Is there a little bit of friction in your bromance with Mr. Elway? No, no, not at all. No, this is all just for good fun. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, all right. Should we talk about something non? Get, get, get to some. Get to some business. Well, this might be goofy too. Yeah, fair enough. We got a, an email now. Okay, so we'll go back. I figured out who Brian Banky is. Who is Brian? Well, Banky? actually, I didn't figure it out. He flat out told me, you're never going to guess. But So you thought it was someone else, right? I did. I did. I thought I, I thought that it was my good friend Jason from Down by the Cities, mm -hmm. um, but it was not him, which explains why he was so confused in the text messages. <laughs> Real quickly, I got to take care of my Midwest qualifier for those who are not in Central oh, Time yeah, Zone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cities refers to Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yes. Okay. The, the Twin Cities. Go ahead. So it wasn't Jason. Sorry, Jason. Uh, uh, it turned out to be the one and only Derek W. Of course. Who we've heard from many times. Greatest criminal mind of our age. Yep. Yep. It was Derek. So anyway, we'll, we'll get to Derek later, maybe, if we have time. But first, 
we have to talk about an email that we received from Mick Donalds. Like corporation? I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll just, I'll just get, I'll cut right to the chase. It's got a, a Sarah DeYoung email address attached to it. So she didn't disguise herself very well. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you say earlier that you were not going to? Badmouth Sarah on this episode? Well, I had to because I didn't want to leave everybody in suspense wondering who Mick may or may not be. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's not disparaging. I'm just saying that she, <laughs> she, needs, she needs to hide her, her uh, trail. Better. Yeah, this is friendly advice. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Mick writes, can you talk about prayer and worship postures? I've been raised Lutheran, so it's against my better judgment to lift my hands above my shoulders. <laughs> How do I find other postures that feel comfortable? Yeah. Well, simple answer. Um, you can pray in whatever posture mm-hmm. you're in, yep. especially if you're comfortable. However, I will say that if you pray while you're laying down like going to sleep, you may pray yourself to sleep. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I that, have. That is, that is a thing. <laughs> I have before. Yep. 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 But that's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like, I, I picture like when my kids were babies mm-hmm. and they'd be just babbling on and on and on and all of a sudden <laughs> sleeping yeah. in my arms. I think of that as the same thing. You're, you're talking to, to your heavenly father, right? Yep. And you just conk out. Yep. It's all right. So, but she's right about this whole Lutheran don't raise the arms over the shoulders thing. Like, oh yeah. I, I, I've gone to concerts where people are like, screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and i got my hands in my pockets going, right 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 yeah I, good show it, it usually <laughs> it usually starts with like it takes a little little bit of warming up for the midwestern uh, scandinavian german polish folks yep and it might be like a little bit of a shoulder nudge or a toe tap <laughs> or you know, a, a nod maybe a nod the hands yeah start nodding a little bit you know like the old saying is that for lutherans when we really like something we smile as loud as we can yeah and so yeah, the uh, prayer posture. Raise, different prayer, prayer postures take on different meanings. When when you add physical motion into what you're thinking and you're feeling, mm-hmm. it actually deepens what it is that you're expressing and what you're experiencing. Yep. And so, you know, we're a lot more than what we think or what we feel. We're full full bodied people who engage with the world. Right. And even now, as I'm talking, no one can see this, but I have to move my hands to mm-hmm. get my point across. Yep, watch your coffee there. Yeah, yeah, we got well, I got, got a Yeti <laughs> lid on it, so it's it's locked down tight. Anyway, um, some different postures for prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the mo- most common is to bow your head. Yep. Right. Well, why do we bow our head? It's showing reverence to God. It's saying, God, you're God, and I am not. It's mm-hmm. it's coming in in a posture of of submission, really. Mm-hmm. And humility. Um, another one is lifting your head up. And when you're praying, eyes closed or eyes open, your head is lifted up. And that speaks of, you know, we, when we come to the Lord, we come, well, as Martin Luther said, we are beggars. This is most certainly true. And so we come with faith alone to God, with a repentant heart. Um, and our conversation often is like a child to a father. And so it's it, it can be your head lifted up. Mm-hmm. Not along with that comes comes the posture of like your arms if you're standing, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the one of the ones is to stand with your palms facing upward. Um, this is an interesting 
prayer posture, it's it's kind of like I'm I'm lifting my my needs up to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another one is to turn with your palms facing downward. Mm. And I praying, haven't seen that. Praying this one is actually a releasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it has that kind of I hand this over to you, God. I don't I don't want this anymore. It's it's that kind of a prayer. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, the anger that I have in my heart toward toward my neighbor, I just I don't want to feel that way anymore, Lord. I give it to you. Take it from me. Okay. That's palms down. Another one is is to have your hands folded, um, not folded, but 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 flat against each other. Right. It's kind of the like you're pressing a, something together. Yep. 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 This is just um, I don't know exactly what the the intent of it is. Aside from there's there's a kinetic connection when we put our hands together that focuses us. Okay. Another one is to fold your fingers, interlocking. interlocking yep. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, you might wonder, well, why do we do this? It's a bit of that kinetic connection, but this was actually the prayer posture for early Christians when they were in chains. Ah, okay. Because they couldn't lift their hands up. They couldn't, so it would be folding their fingers together and praying that way. Okay. That's where that prayer posture comes from. That's probably the most common one among at least Lutherans, right? Yeah. And then you have hands going up in the air, and this often is like, like an expression of praise. Like, I go to a football game, and... I like what I see. The hands go up. Yeah. Touchdown. Or mm-hmm. yay. It's it's that kind of thing. It's lifting up to God. It's like a child reaching up to God. Is it mm-hmm. the same type of thing? And that can be palms forward. It can be back. It's a blessing action too. Okay. Um, so if you think about it, all the different postures that we have when standing has to do with what we're feeling mm-hmm. and then wanting to express it. And Lutherans, we've been taught um, you don't want to stand out or look different than anyone else. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. so, Nobody look at me. That's why we sit in the back. Well, and so do you remember that? Uh, I can't remember what commercial it was, but it was like an arm deodorant commercial where the lady wouldn't raise her hands above <laughs> her shoulders. Yep. That's usually what we do when we try to do a more contemporary yeah. <laughs> praise posture. But yeah, it, it's it. the more you do it, the more um, you get comfortable in public or with other people around you that it's okay to, to raise your hands if you want to. Um, another great prayer posture is kneeling. That's a, that's a, an expression of repentance. It's an expression of, of faith. Um, it can be even a, a, an expression of, um, oh, what's the right word? Penance. Okay. Or devotion. Um, you know, it, if you ever prayed on your knees in a public place, there's a good chance you're kneeling on road or gravel or mm. concrete. I mean, yeah. I don't do murder to your knees. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you get moved so much, you drop to your knees. and Right. You, there's moments of, of just pure emotional um, release that needs to happen because of despair or, or grief. Where that's that's where you go, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just and there your arms fall to your sides with the palms out, and it's just, I'm yours, Lord, save me. Yeah, uh, classic one that uh, has been used in the church universally has to do with a complete pose of submission in prayer, where you lay flat on your face with your arms spread out. Oh yeah, and it's it's in the pose of the cross, mm-hmm. but it's a complete position of of submission, basically. Before God, like, okay. I need you, Lord. I can't do this on my own. And that, again, all those have to do with folks' different piety. In the Lutheran church, especially in public worship, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of those. Right. If you do, it'd be very rare. Yeah. Um, as well as kneeling and so on. I mean, 
during during seasons of the year, like on certain worship high holidays, like Ash Wednesday or or Good Friday, if someone's piety is to kneel, they'll kneel through the entire service. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, that's murder on the knees. Right. Having, having, having been a part of that, having done what's called the bidding prayer, which is this very long prayer during uh, Good Friday service, uh, your knees get a little sore. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's it, whatever posture you're most comfortable with in praying to God, mm-hmm. that's the posture you should take. Yeah. And don't worry about what anyone else is, is thinking or saying. Correct. There it is. Is that is that good enough? Oh, I yes. think good so. Good enough for Mick Donald? I hope yep. so. Is Thank it spelled M-I-C-K? M-I-C-K. Like Mick Jagger? Yep. Okay. M-I-C-K. Donald's. Plural. Mm. <laughs> Donald's. Yep. Plural, not possessive. There was no apostrophe. <laughs> okay. So it, it was... Multiple. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Many. Many. So. Thank you, Mick, and anyone else who wants to ask a question. Well, can... let's let, let's follow up on this because I want to ask you guys: like, when you pray, mm-hmm. what do you do? I do the head down, interlocked hands. Yep, yep, yep. Or I'll have them fo- folded somehow in front of me. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's usually what I do unless I get distracted and then I'm moving. Yep, and then I'm just sitting. Usually, mm-hmm. we're supposed to pray without ceasing, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus says that. Paul says that, the Apostle Paul. <laughs> I was talking to my wife, and she got confused. She's like, wait, <laughs> Pastor Paul said that? I said, no, the Apostle Paul. <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> so we got to be more specific. Yeah, sometimes you never know. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and that means that whatever posture you're in, you can be praying. You can be praying while driving your car, mm-hmm. but you probably should be in a driving posture with your eyes open. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You should be very careful about but I mean, prayer is, is talking to God yeah. And, yeah. and listening to mm-hmm. God too. Mm-hmm. When I drop uh, Haley off to school, we pray. And obviously I make sure to keep my hands on the wheel and eyes open, but yeah. I have this thing where um, I'll listen to like um, uh, the Bible in my car mm-hmm. and I find myself praying as scripture is being read. Like just things that that pop up, it's you know just it's like this fr- free flowing conversation with God. Yeah, yeah. So, well, good. Doesn't matter how you pray, just pray. Yes. Yeah. Get her done. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Mick. Um, and uh, um, Mick submit. I think Mick submitted that question. I I moved it now, but I think uh, through atonement.live, you can submit questions at atonement.live or at that podcast.net. Anyone. Well, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little conspiracy theory here. I don't think Mick Donalds is Sarah DeYoung. I think Mick Donalds reached out to Sarah DeYoung. Oh, and yeah. it's through that communication, Sarah, knowing that she couldn't be here today, wanted to get the information to us. Just sent it on. Uh, I yeah. see uh, that could be because Mick is uh, so reserved. Yeah, th- that yeah. Th- that whoever Mick is doesn't want to. Doesn't want to be embarrassed. Based on the question. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. could be right. I'm sorry, Sarah. Mick likes to pray. His posture is to pray in his closet with the door closed mm-hmm. so that no one can see, just like Jesus said. Okay. I, Sarah, I apologize. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> we have another question. Okay. Do we have time for another question? I don't know. Do we have time? Do we have time? Yeah, sure. Why not? Sure. Okay. So this one comes from a familiar name. To those of you who have listened to that podcast, comes from Derek. So, okay, if it's coming from Derek, is it like a simple question with a simple answer? Or is it like, I have a question? 
in 27 parts. It's coming from Derek. Okay. <laughs> so buckle up. All right. So it says, hey, gang, I am going to preemptively apologize for making this a multiple point question. <laughs> Hold on. I got something here. <laughs> but here it goes. Awesome. Do we have any accounts? I'm just going to read the whole thing first. Sure. Do, do we have any accounts of what Jesus was doing in the time between being a child to the time he was an adult? There's 20 some years missing. Mm-hmm. Is this because there wasn't much to report on and he was just doing regular everyday stuff while studying carpentry and reading scriptures? Question two, some of his disciples are mentioned as his brothers. Are they, in fact, his blood brothers or just his homies, much like I have (laughs) referred to about Ryan and DJ as my brothers? Three, it's assumed that Joseph had died prior to the crucifixion of Christ, and after the crucifixion, the 11 remaining of the 12 scattered and were eventually captured and martyred for their faith. What happened to Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Mary Magdalene? Keep up the excellent work. Yours in Christ, Derek Whalen. Excellent. Yeah, there's excellent a lot a lot there. And so please tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we, maybe uh, uh, depending how things go, maybe this will have to be sort of a two-parter. We yeah, can right. do some today and some next time. So start with the first part. Go uh, ahead and start reading the beginning. Again. Okay. So do we have any accounts of what Jesus Jesus was doing in the time between being a child to the time he was an adult? Okay. Simple answer right here. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so it <laughs> says... Does that make it any more clear? It says there's 20 some years missing. Is yeah. this just because there wasn't much to report on and he was just doing regular everyday stuff while studying carpentry and reading scriptures? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and I'll just stop you there. Mm-hmm. I say yes and no because he's asking, are there any accounts? <laughs> yeah. Well, there are accounts. There are accounts, um, but they're written several hundred years after the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're obviously, clearly, by what's in them, mm-hmm. uh, heretical. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is that it's teaching false things about Jesus mm-hmm. and claiming that it's coming from Jesus. That's that's heresy. Yeah. Okay. So what we have... Is this like the, the turning birds to stone thing yeah, and, and that sort is, of thing? This is the... So, okay... The, the generation of Christians, the first generation, the apostles, they expected Jesus to come back in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you have, according to tradition, and, and I think I think the vast, vast, vast majority of biblical scholars agree with this, John was the last of the apostles to pass away. And, and or maybe he didn't. I mean, Jesus said, he could be here until I come back. Yeah. Because um, we don't have any record of John actually dying, but um, at least I don't think we do. So you get into 100, 120, 140 AD, right? Yeah. Well, Jesus hasn't come back yet. And there are the accounts of Jesus' life that are the the Gospels. They've already been written. They're already dispensed widely among Christians. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to about 200 AD, people are wondering, like, we want more. We want more of the details. From the beginning of Christianity, right alongside it, like when when God sets up his church, the devil sets up a a chapel. Mm Mm-hmm. You have um, this heresy known as Gnosticism, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-I-S-M. 
And Gnosticism was a mixture of Greek philosophy, Near Eastern Eastern mysticism, mm-hmm. and um, and playing off of Christianity, and so the Gnostics taught things like Jesus wasn't truly human, because being human is bad. Oh, okay. Um, because humanity is going to die, and what you really are is a soul, a spirit being, known as an aspect that the evil god of the Old Testament, Testament who they called Eaboeth. Mm-hmm. or we would say Yahweh, um, trapped your godly person self, your aspect, which is one aspect of the of the one true godly being, you know, right? So the, the source, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. very, um, very matrixy, um, in decaying, dying bodies. And so Jesus is another aspect of the, the God being, who comes to set us free through Gnostic teaching, secret Gnostic teaching. Gnostic is from gnosis. It means knowledge in Greek. So if you get the right teaching, the right knowledge, then you can overcome this human foil and be enlightened and return to the godly source, Mm -hmm. basically. So Gnosticism is very similar to, um, uh, well, it has, it has Platonism in it. And I've talked about pl- Platonic thought before that what is spiritual is good. What is physical is bad. Okay. okay. Now, um, it's from the Gnostic churches or worldviews that we get these, these writings about Jesus childhood where he does all kinds of wacky stuff. Like Jesus gets mad at a kid. And so he like strikes him dead. <laughs> And then, then Joseph comes along and is like, Jesus, that's not good. So Jesus raises the kid from, from the dead. And, or, or Jesus will take stones and turn them into birds and mm-hmm. just weird kind of stuff kids would do. Mm-hmm. But basically mocking reality as we know it. Right. Life. Yep. And um, so you have things like what's known as like the infancy, infancy gospel of Thomas or the gospel of Mary Magdalene. All of the, these kind of writings that are attributed to other apostles they were written 200 years after the events of Jesus, um, 200 to 500 years after the events of Jesus. And so they're obviously forgeries that aren't coming from the source. Mm-hmm. And we still get bumped into this stuff in this day and age. Whenever there's a new like archaeological find of some little manuscript or transcript of what's thought to be one of the lost gospels, mm-hmm. they're not lost. Um, they're just forgeries. Right. And, you know, you can come and, and, and say skeptically, well, how do you know they're forgeries? Well, if you trust science, the best science that we have to study ancient documents can date these um, little fragments of the Gnostic writings. And the content themselves show how, in, how, how much they're rejected by the church. The four Gospels that we have, in fact, the entire New Testament, is the most well-attested document a collection of documents in the history of the world. It's the gold standard by which any other ancient documents for their validity are studied. And and the way you do that is you look at the number of documents you have mm-hmm. and how close they were written to the events that, t- that took place. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a good example is Julius Caesar's annals, like the writings of Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. The earliest, we have about five copies of those in existence and they're written about a thousand years 
after the events of Julius Caesar. So like around 1000 AD mm-hmm. it's written. And he was on the scene 60 to the 30 BC. Okay. Um, there's not a scholar on the planet that wouldn't attest to say, well, this, these are valid. They're, they're giving valid um, event. What they say is, is true mm-hmm. with, with very few problems. Right. When you get to the Bible, the New Testament as a document, we have literally thousands of copies mm-hmm. written within 10 to 20 years of the events of the gospel. The, the events of the New Testament. So you're mm-hmm. talking tons and tons and tons, thousands of copies in multiple languages that were recorded within the first century yep. that we have. Yeah. There's no other document on the planet that, that can say that, can, that can attest to that. There's more evidence for the Bible's um, validity historically than that I exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's hard to wrap our heads around that, but there's more evidence for the Bible for Jesus yeah. than even for me. And I'm talking to you right now in real time. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if you were to look and is there evidence for Jesus in the world? Yeah. Or it, evidence for DJ in the world. It, there's, it, it's a much smaller right. <laughs> collection of documents than for Jesus Christ. Um, and so what, what can you look at and attest to? You can look at the gospels and textual criticism is a science that's used to, uh, to look at, to see how much of this is, is factual. How much of this is truthful? How much of this is what what they would call myth? Mm -hmm. Well, the gospels are reliable. The Gnostic writings are not. They're not written like the Gospels, and the details that they have in them are basically like proverb notes, like, you know, this happened at this time, this happened this time, with no kind of sense of itself. Yeah. No historical analysis. So, um, yes, there are accounts that are all fraudulent, and they're kind of goofy to read, because you read them, you're like, that doesn't sound like (laughs) Jesus, because they're not in line with the rest of Scripture, Yeah, which is the standard by which you can measure every other writing about Jesus. Right. So when people get all excited, like we found a lost gospel, the gospel of Mary that says like, it's like five words mm-hmm. on the fragment. Well, okay. Someone's writing a, a thesis paper to get their doctorate. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening. It's sensational, but it's not of value. It's mm-hmm. not worthy. Yeah. So yes. Um, what, so what was the next part? Um, let's see. And, 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 well, and to sort of, um, I, I think that yesterday, uh, we had a class and we talked about the, the 400 silent years. Yeah. This yes. is kind of this kind of a similar thing, right? right? There was stuff going on. Yeah. It, it just wasn't recorded. It wasn't recorded. And the, and the purpose of the gospels is not necessarily to be in a complete accounting of the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Rather, as John writes, these things were written so that you may come to believe that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, and through believing in him, you would have life in his name. Right. That's the purpose of the Gospels. It's it's a witness mm-hmm. of what Jesus has done. Um, I kind of like, and this is this is kind of corny on my part, but I kind of like um, Kevin Smith's dogma answer on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring it up, but then I didn't. So you go ahead. You know, how long would it take? for you to come to grips with the fact that not only are you the son of God, but you are God and mm-hmm. that you're going to die for the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe 18 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, the, the, the details of Jesus early life 
are not of great importance, but neither are the early lives for most ancient historic figures. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't they don't talk about it. Right. You know, you, you have you have writers like Josephus mm-hmm. or um, uh, ancient historians like Tacitus. I think is another one. Yeah, they'll gloss over some stuff and. Mm-hmm. Later on, they'll add more details about people's life the further they get from it, right. mainly because there's a people are interested in that stuff. And that was the case with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Christians were hungry to find out more about Jesus' life as you know time went on and the eschaton, the end of all things, hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we better better get comfortable and do what Paul says, which is quit staring at the sky and get busy taking care of your neighbor. Jesus is going to come and is good in, when he when he's ready to. Yeah. Um, all kinds of things have been written about Jesus' childhood, yeah. but it's all it's all speculation, right? The Josephus thing is always interests me because there was a guy who had no business writing about Jesus at all, mm-hmm. and and he Threw wrote down a couple lines. Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, probably uh, probably wasn't very popular. I would guess at the time he, he wrote a lot more about John the Baptist because, mm-hmm. from a, a Jewish perspective, at least, John the Baptist. At that time in history, I mean, he was he was the martyred prophet of their generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you'd think that those who heard John were told, follow Jesus. But for the rest of the people that heard about this guy, and we think he was a prophet like of old, and Josephus is writing after the Jewish rebellion's been like squished. Mm-hmm. Um, the talk about Jesus is more like a side note, like, you know, this guy, Jesus was thought to be a miracle worker and did all these amazing things and, and was thought to be the Messiah and that he died and that he raised and, and there are those who follow him to this day. Mm -hmm. Well, he's writing that about like around 80, 90 AD. Yeah. So it's like 60 years after Jesus has been crucified, died and risen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where Josephus gets kind of interesting in that he's not writing as a Christian. He's not even writing as a Jew. He's writing about the Jewish history for a Roman audience. Yeah. He was like a Roman scribe or something. Right? Yeah. yeah. He was, he was part of the, the Jewish rebellion around 70 AD that Jesus talks about. This is what is, if you've ever heard this phrase, the abomination of desolation, mm-hmm. Jesus was talking about the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, folks. Mm-hmm. Just, just something to think about. It's yep. not, it's not still coming. It's already come. <laughs> um, Josephus was on the side of uh, he's he's Jewish ethnically, mm-hmm. um, nationally. He he was on the side of the Jewish army, but when they were defeated, he became very close to. Some, I I can't remember the details, but one of the generals who ended up becoming emperor. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay. Anyway, do your homework on Josephus. He's an interesting guy, but he's not writing for anything other than um, uh, to pass on information to the Romans who won won the war. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was that took care of the first part. Uh, question two: Some of his disciples are mentioned as his brothers. Are they, in fact, his blood brothers or just his homies like you and I are to Derek? Yeah, sure. Depends on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, Catholic tradition would say that they are half-brothers like James. Yep. Um, that we get the gospel of James from. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the 12 apostles, but it's thought that he would have been a half-brother of Jesus 
if Joseph was married before he married Mary and had kids before. So either Jesus is the youngest mm-hmm. of all the siblings or he's the oldest of all the siblings. Because if the other kids are children of of Joseph and Mary, well, then they're his full brothers. Mm-hmm. Some people think that they're cousins. Um, I want to say that of all of the writings, none of the apostles are Jesus' brother, blood brother, sister. Mm-hmm. None of them are. But James, the letter of James and the letter of Jude are both thought to be Jesus' brothers. And I guess I would have, I've always thought of them as younger brothers yeah. than. Because you're, you're Protestant. You're Protestant. That, from, a, from the, so from the Catholic perspective and probably the Orthodox perspective, um, Mary was perpetually a virgin mm-hmm. after Jesus was born. Oh, okay. So, you know, and and even in, in Catholic dogma today, I believe uh, Mary is thought to have been immaculately conceived just like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, St. Anne and, and Jochen, y- Joachim, Joachim mm-hmm. uh, was not conceived naturally. Mm-hmm you know, the way the rest of us were, <laughs> um, but yeah. was immaculately conceived so that she could be the vessel to bring in the son of God. Okay. So from their perspective, Mary is, is perpetually, Mary is Theotokos, Mary, the mother of our Lord. We believe that too, but that she is perpetually a virgin. And I want to say that Martin Luther may have held that view as well. Really? Well, a bit of that, it has to do with personal piety. Mm-hmm. But Luther would say that Mary was the first among women, but should not be deified. Right. Right. Um, I think that that Muslims also think that Mary was perpetually a virgin. Okay. Uh, You know, for folks who don't know, I mean, Muslims venerate Jesus too. He's considered a prophet right alongside Muhammad. He's just not considered the son of God. Right. And many of the miracles about Jesus, like his his immaculate conception, Mm -hmm. um, they believe to be true. Right. Uh, um, but if you're if you're a Protestant, you mm-hmm. hold the view that Mary and Joseph were married, and as and the Scripture says that they did not have marital relations until after Jesus is born, right? Uh, or it's hinted at that, uh-huh. right? And so I don't think there's I, I have no heartburn with either they're his full blooded relatives or not. Mm-hmm. It's more importantly, Jesus is the Lord. Uh, of his brothers and his mother. Uh-huh. He's the savior for all of us. Yeah. So can I, you imagine growing up being Jesus' brother? <laughs> like, Man. Hey. He's walking on water and you're like, hey. Hey, yeah. everybody. I'm uh, I built. Yeah. I'm Joey Christ. Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine having like a water balloon fight with him. Right? Um, but, you know, I... I guess I would, it never would have crossed my mind that they wouldn't have been younger siblings because um, in in the Gospels, we don't hear about Joseph and his young entourage. Exactly. So it comes more from tradition okay. than from the source, from the scriptures. Okay. And it's not really an issue that's of concern because Jesus... Jesus is not like a Superman, uh-huh. and so his relatives have an extra whammy. It's not. It's not his <laughs> DNA that makes him who he is. It's the spirit. It's. Yeah. It's. He is fully God and fully human mm-hmm. at the same time. Right. Um, Jude is not. 
James is not. Mary is not. Right. They're fully human. Mm-hmm. Jesus is fully human and fully God. Okay. Um, that's his two natures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, h- however you think about his blood relatives is... The simplest answer is to say they are sinners of his redeeming as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we do have more here. Uh, should, and should we hold it? For, I think we should. Give a little teaser at this point. I think Come we back should. For more. Yeah. Join us next time <laughs> as we answer the question of what happened to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Or Mary Magdalene. Dun, dun, dun. Do I have a button for that one? Uh, you might. Oh, wait. That's no, not that's the not one. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we should uh, wrap it right here for this time and, uh, and, and answer the next one because that'll probably take a little time to break down, right? It's a good, you know, just having heard this question, I kind of want to... I want to I want to percolate okay. on that one a little bit yeah. and read a little bit of the of the history. Sounds see, good. See what's what? Sounds good. All right. Well, um, would anybody like to pray us out of here? Well, is anything going on? Sure. Like, are we doing anything on Sunday? Yeah. What at, are we doing? Well, we're of course we're having services. Oh, good. Yeah, but don't I normally do that after we pray? I don't remember. <laughs> Sarah's not here to. <laughs> The whole thing's falling apart. <laughs> Keep things in See, order. See, this is why I'm not a suitable replacement. Oh, not true, not true. <laughs> we need to have a, we need to have something <laughs> like up on our board over like here. We need a picture Correct of like her finger at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should call her up right now, Sarah. Sarah how do we close this <laughs> out? We're in trouble <laughs> right now. Just me gone. I don't know what to do. All right. How about this? How about I pray? Sure. And then you. Bring us home. Sure. Sound good? Sounds Does that work? Good. Does that work for you, Dana? Yep. As All long right. as I don't have to do anything. Now, and feel free to take any prayer posture you choose at this point. All right. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for fellowship and friendship and conversation and, and getting to spend time just thinking and, and praising you um, and and speculating and wondering about the wonderful things that you have done, um, the life of Jesus and and what his childhood was like, um, what his life must have been like, what it was like to be a, a relative of Jesus. These are all questions that we can ponder. And, you know, in this life probably will not get an answer that is uh, the hard facts, but um, it's all about wanting to know more about who you are and who he is as our Savior. So, Someday we'll be able to ask you face-to-face, and you can tell us. Um, But until that day, Lord, um, walk with us. Keep us in faith. uh, Keep us in the joy that comes from you in the midst of all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, well, thank you for joining us uh, uh, this week. Um, As always, if you'd like to submit a question as... Mick or Derek did, you can go to atonement.live and do it there or go to thatpodcast.net and submit it there. So uh, if you are um, looking for a place to worship this weekend, if you're in the Fargo-Moorhead area, you can come and uh, worship with us right here in the building at 4601 South University Drive. Uh, If you'd like to worship online, we have that option as well. We have live services at 9 a.m., 
a tradition service, and we have a modern service at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. You can find that at atonement.live or atonementfargo.org or on YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. So for Dana Mashevsky and Pastor DJ Lura, I am Ryan Janke. Join us next time for another riveting episode of That Podcast.